0: I preach the gospel fearlessly to all people. I don't care if they believe me or not, right? The Spirit of God has given me grace to preach because the grace of God has already reached the person. My job is just to be a mouthpiece sometimes, amen? Guys, are you doing well? Shame. I almost welcomed you. I said, good morning, Sadiba International Ministries. I just want to take a moment to think Sadiba right now are being blessed by this powerful prophet, this powerful apostolic man of God too. And they are busy ministering to our church. They're ministering life to our church is being strengthened whilst I'm away. There may be a message in that. I'll think about that, right? But you've got to understand, we don't, we, the ministering teams, the elders, we don't build the church. Right? We work in the church. We serve the church. You are called to be a living sacrifice, Romans 12, 1, living, sold out to Jesus, but Jesus will build his house. Hello. Jesus will build his house, right? Yeah. We don't build his house. What we do is we reach the lost, and then we teach the found. Amen. So we reach them, we teach them, and we release them. Yeah. That's how we do it. It's a simple three-point gospel. You reach him, you teach them, you release them. It also makes uh, discipleship easier. <laughs> if everyone is sent, there's less people to deal with, right? <laughs> My wife actually preached that once. That if I <laughs> won't uh, you, you'll feel all like odd about her, then I don't want that. Trust her, she loves Jesus. <laughs> Are you all right? I see a lot of millennials in here. I love millennials, right? Imagine if your generation was named millennial. It sounds like the millennial reign of King Jesus. Imagine if that's you. Imagine if this generation is that millennial thing. I'm not going to confuse your theology because I'm sure Khan's going to do that. (laughs) He'll do that part of the book and make it clear, not confuse you. Come on. So I'm well famous in Botswana for a couple of things. Dad jokes and bad jokes. (laughs) By famous, I mean in my own lunchtime, just sitting by myself. What did the millennials say after they successfully started the campfire? It's lit. (laughs) For the older ones, we can laugh at them, right? Come on, we can laugh at those millennials. ah. How do you weigh a millennial in Instagrams? (laughs) Laughter is good, medicine. and I want you to be relaxed in your spirit. You know what? God loves you guys. Wow, he loves you so much. The spirit of God is going to break out. It could get chaotic. I don't intend that. Let's keep calm now. Just relax. Relax. Come on. Well, whilst I'm here, a Christian guy named Bill saw an ad online for a Christian horse. So he went to check it out. The horse's owner said, it's easy to ride him. Just say, praise the Lord, and he starts to walk. And if he's walking, you want to stop, you say, amen. He's <laughs> like, so, how can this be? So Bill gets on the horse, he says, praise the Lord. Sure enough, the horse starts moving. He says, praise the Lord. He goes into a bit of a, he gets so excited. He says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and it goes into a flat-out gallop. He's so excited until he sees uh, approaching him a very big cliff. He says, Amen! And the horse screeches to a stop right at the edge. He says, Praise the Lord! A <laughs> uh, stand-up comedian, maybe, as well. I should have been, right? So today I want to share a verse that is foundational to me. It's why I do what I do. Whew! It's to Liesl, it's to the birthing and the continuation of Sadiva Life Ministries in partnership with. <laughs> Coming to a big screen near you soon. I believe it was a prophetic word, an encouraging word for this church as well. I know it's not an unfamiliar word because I know the church, right? So it's not going to be strange to you. Romans 12:1, it's about being living sacrifices. I love the way all generations can join together in the local church. All of us together in like a generational, intergenerational relay race where someone who has the fire runs and passes on the fire to the next generation. That's equipping believers to walk in faith and power. Amen? We do that because we're a body, a single body in love with one single God. Amen? And we love Jesus. We, the bride, give Him all the praise, the worship, and the honor. Amen. And I will get to the verse. I love, it. just by the way, your culture here. I say a verse, boom, Bibles open. Not as many apps. I'm used to where I am. It's just apps. Yeah. No one bothers with Bibles anymore. It's all cell phones, right, and iPads and computers. I hope they're reading the Word. But we'll get to Romans 12:1. You can read it. It will just hit your spirit in any case. We are called... Liesl and myself, Connor, Jess, to serve this generation. What do I mean by generation? Everyone in the building. I'm not worried about a generation gap of 15 years and that makes you an X, a Y, a boomer, a COVID generation, a millennial or whatever, right? Or a boomer or whatever it is. That is irrelevant. You are called to kingdom culture, to Jesus culture, not to the culture of this world. I'm not an advertising statistic. I am a child of Jesus. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the Most High God. That is what is important. Yeah. Not my advertising bracket that I fit into. You're a generation called to build his yeah. kingdom, his church, his holy city, and for his glory. We're not building cathedrals to ourselves. They've tried that in previous generations massive cathedrals that people would come from far away to see this town with this magnificent monument, almost what they look like now is headstones in a cemetery yes. for where the God once lived that they no longer serve. Yeah. Hmm? On, on, I, don't want, I don't want this to become a museum yeah. or a graveyard of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're not here to build Our kingdom, we're here to build His kingdom. If I'm seeming hard, just remember the guy that was joking five minutes ago. Remember, it's the same guy, same plan, same everything. Just keep calm, keep calm. I'm not doing an altar call right now, and I'm not going to do another tithing message. So you can relax. It's all good. I hope that excites you, though, family. Does that get your spirit going? And I'm building agreement. I'm making you nod your heads, but it's good for you, right? Yeah, yeah. keeps you awake for when it goes to half past 11 and quarter to 12 and 1 o'clock. Yeah. Our first church was under a tree, guys. Yeah. Under a tree in a nature reserve with five people sitting by cell phone light trying to squiz at a Bible and being preached at about the prodigal son returning. It's five people under a tree and a kudu walked past. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's where we start. That's what we mean when I say humble. We didn't start as a sent entity from a big church sending 20 elders and 15 deacons and then you go plant a church and you've got 30 people in the church and you say you planted. We planted with first principles. Our hearts turned to Jesus and so consumed by the passion for Jesus that it spilled out of our mouth wherever we went, right? And we just started talking to people and they were getting born again especially when she went into shopping centers. My mom won't go shopping with her now. She says, you want to go buy milk and go fish for about 1,000 people? It's going to take 14 days. I'll just wait at home and you come back with whatever you went to fish. You know, It's crazy. But all of us, and I want to encourage you on this, if that's an evangelist gift and if Connor has an evangelist gift, and I'm not saying if in that sense, if it has, it doesn't mean that they're the ones called to go do that. What their job is, is to teach all of us how to do it it's equipping of the saints remember those were the grace gifts of apostle teacher pastor prophet all of that the grace gifts are to bring unity to the body to bring it into full maturity do you think the church is fully unified and matured i don't mean this one i mean in general no that means that the gifts the grace gifts of the apostle the evangelist the pastor the prophet the teacher they are still alive and active but their job isn't to go be the evangelist on a hilltop alone. They can and do because they're powerful. Their job is to equip you to do the works of this uh, um, I've gone blank. Building of, building of the body. There we go. So wherever there's a passion, a fire in you, remember whatever you feel you've been called to do, when you do it in community, you'll be get taught up, you'll be, you'll be sharpened, you'll be equipped. Some edges will be roughed off, you'll be polished a bit. And in that polishing and rubbing together, you'll be a much better stone to skip across. No, no. You'll be a much better disciple of Jesus. And the love of God will just flow through you. And you'll encounter people and they'll say, I see Jesus in you. Do you know how much easier it is to preach to someone when they tell you they see Jesus? You say, yes. Do you need Jesus? Yes. Thank you. Another quick sideline trip. The easiest way to evangelize people is to hear from God, pray for them, and see them getting healed. I tell you what, you don't even have to preach the gospel then. Just make sure, as you're saying it, it's in Jesus' name. They have to deal with the reality of what they experienced forever. (laughs) How did you get healed? It wasn't in the name of Buddha or Islam. It was in the name of Jesus. My wrist is no longer sore. My leg is, thanks to Grant, feeling much better today. No pain. No, I broke my leg five weeks ago, but... Do you hear what I'm saying? Come on, guys. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. You still got your Bibles out. I believe that Jesus is bringing in an urgency, an urgency, a nowness to our faith. For those of you sitting, one day I will go attend. One day I'll go on mission. One day I'll preach the gospel. One day I'll reach out to someone. That's become today. It's a now faith and a now gospel. Not a just now, 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 maybe later South African style, African time. It's a now. Right now you're called to now. preach the gospel. Wherever you are. You don't have to go to Botswana to preach the gospel. You're welcome to, yeah. but you don't have to. Right now today, this, this room full of Holy spirit full believers are going to depart from this house full of the Holy Spirit, full of whatever God's deposited in you, are you going to take that and let it pour out into somebody outside the building? Because if this many of you, every Sunday, went into this suburb and these surrounding areas, it would influence and change this nation. Why do I say that? Because you're called to be a living sacrifice. Jesus came and died so that I could be born again, that I could go to heaven, that I could be activated, but then also to come and preach the good news to everyone and anyone that would listen, right? You're hearing the idea that God put in store was he came down, God came down, became a man, died for your sins, my sins, right? That's why he came, to take them away. When he was crucified on that cross, it was done. It was over from then on, right? So when he did that, it was so that we could one day copy him by laying down our lives. Yeah. Laying them down as living sacrifice. Says, Amen. Don't visit church with a trip advisor mentality. Yes. <laughs> Faith advisor mentality. Don't come to church to judge the weird pastor from Botswana. Yeah. Don't go to Faith Online and give it a four, three, two, or one star rating based upon how you thought he performed. Because then you disengage from receiving, and now what you're doing is you're trying to judge, assess, instead of participate and change and be transformed. Right? I know some of you feel called to be influencers in the kingdom. I love influencers, but that's not what God's called us to. He's called us to build his kingdom. And we've got to build it and build it well. You can still be an influencer, Instagram and coffee mug guys. It's still good, but God's called you to more than that. That's just part of it. This idea is that everywhere in your life, as you go, you minister. Wherever you go, whatever you do, however you do it, you 24... Is that what that means? (laughs) Things you learn, huh? As you go, ministries. Come as you are before the cross, get saved as you go. You reach them, you teach them, and you release them. That's the apostolic model. The pastoral model is to reach them, to teach them, and hold on to them, to keep them. They never leave, they never grow. It's like having your teenage sons become men and women, leave the house, and then come back when they're 50, when they're 60, they're still living with you. That's not the plan. They're meant to be part of your household. Yeah. Always part of your household before you get panicked about yeah. dodgy theology. Yeah? But you're meant to go out and do stuff, right? You're meant to experience it yourself. Are we together? Everyone's still happy? Yeah. <coughs> I'm on page one. <laughs> I don't want to tell you how many pages there are because you will disengage then, right? Not many, it's not not bad. (laughs) Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now we thank you, Lord God. We thank you that you've called us for this purpose, Lord God. You've set us free from our inhibitions. You set us free from our sense of self, of our sense of self-righteousness. You set us free from the temple of self that we worship at so Uh gladly. Free us from this altar that we chained ourselves to of the flesh. Free us from all of that, as you did on Calvary. It's a reminder that it is done. We are free in Jesus' name. Amen. Any dads in the house? Whoa! One, two, three, four, five. Right. You will know how this works then, right? This is how you get into a pool. There's two And only two ways you can get into a pool, right? The first way is the people that arrive and they test the water. And then they build up a bit of courage and onto the top step. And they're normally ready to tell them, yeah, I'm I'm swimming. And you're looking, no, buddy, you're not. You're standing in a puddle. You're not even at baptism level. Not even for the Catholics. You're not even that wet, right? (laughs) Then they go down the next step and they go, oh, it's cold. And all the time they've reserved the right at any point to say, I had to swim, I'm out. I'm thinking of this a lot because there's baptism going on today, right? And I'm not in it because of my leg, you know? (laughs) But, (laughs) and and what happens is you're allowing yourself the right to at any point back out of what you're doing. You're allowing yourself, not because you don't have freedom to get in the pool or out of the pool. No one forced you to get in the pool. You you chose, I'm going to have a swim. And then you do this slow process, and it's not wrong. That's not wrong. I think Connor gets in like this. And and eventually you're up to here. But everyone everyone knows it's not a swim until your head goes underwater. Just like a baptism. If you go in the sea and you say you had a swim and you went up, you didn't swim. Come on, guys. You've got to be fully immersed, just like baptism. Fully in. How do dads get in the water? It's a sacrificial act of love the way we get in. We see the pool. We commit to the pool. We take a step back, we pray, we hold our breath, and we run. And then we do either a magnificent beer belly belly flop, a B-52 bomb, or some other form of massive jump into the water screaming, yippee, woohoo, yeehaw, or something like that. We enter the water. There's energy and enthusiasm, guys. We create a stir. There's water everywhere. I have bounced right out the other side. Because no one can criticize me if the water forced me out. I did not back out. I was all in. Head was wet. Sometimes barely because it's like... The message in this is simply, are we all in for Jesus? Or are we testing the water? When you're at this church, are you testing it? You're not called to test it. It's not your job to test it. It's your job to submit to it and become part of it and receive from it and then go do what they teach you. Your job is not to be a half in Christian. God's not looking for this. Jesus didn't come to the cross, go halfway there and say, nah, come on, this is ridiculous, I'm out of here, because none of you would be here. He went all in. Are you all in? Are you the pig or are you the chicken? Does anyone know what that reference is? So one day, I'm not a pig or a chicken. Who's this fool? The pig and the chicken were arguing, I think, someday, about who is more committed to the farmer. And the chicken says, "Well, I lay eggs every day and I give it to him." And the pig says, "Yes, but I lay my life down. I am the bacon, so he gives his whole life." <laughs> <It is real. laughs> Praise God for bacon, right? <laughs> Do you get the point? I'm reiterating. We're all in. You've crossed the line, guys. When you got born again, it doesn't matter what your journey's been since then, you're born again. You're fully born again. There's no one that Jesus halfway got born again. You might halfway not be doing what you're meant to do, but you're fully born again. Do you know why? When the caterpillar goes into the, the, the chrysalis stage, that is like you in your former life, before you met Jesus, BC days. I've got a really rich set of BC days, trust me. It would scare some of you, even you. (laughs) (laughs) But when you're born again, you break free from that chrysalis. And what comes out is not a flying caterpillar. What comes out is a butterfly. You are a new creation. So as soon as you're made a new creation... You can never go back to being a caterpillar. Even if you pull the... No, you would never do this. But even if you pull the wings off it, right, it's still a butterfly. Do you guys understand you're all in? You are now a living sacrifice. It's the only right and proper true worship before God. It's the only acceptable and true way of worshiping our Lord. There is no other way. So instead of worrying about what you've done wrong, rather worry about how you're going to lay your life down for the kingdom. How are you going to build into the kingdom? Not wake up every day, bite your lip a bit hard, and, oh, God, I still did that last. F-. Bind it, move on, and get going. Phone Conor and tell him, Con, last night I was naughty. I want to go on a mission trip today. Where can we go and reach people? And he'll send you to Botswana, I'm sure. Afghanistan, that will sort you out. These Christians that jump in like that, like dads do, they're the revivalists. They're the Nazarites. They're the burning ones. They're the people that other people come to be around. They're the ones that carry light, like C.S. Lewis said, light bearers in a dark world, right? We are called to bear and bring the light. That's your only job. Just do it, like Nike says, I think. (laughs) This is full commitment. Full full, it's the heartbeat of being a living sacrifice. Amen. Today's calling, God is calling out these ones from amongst you. The consecrated, he's calling, he is touching your heart, even through the jokes, even through the the funny fannies from the, the weird pastor. God's calling you out to a new level of commitment to him. God doesn't just show up like this so that you can have a fun day. He's doing it to transform your hearts, your being, and your nature. He is trying to reactivate that passion. The same energy that was in the pool when Dad arrived, that's the same energy that we bring to the kingdom. Stuff happens. We're active. We're not just floating on a lilo, sipping martinis, right? We are in the water. We're thrashing around, and we're creating excitement wherever we go because we carry the truth, and the world does not have the truth. And until you bring it, they've got no truth. They live in a lie and they live in deception. They will go to everything under the sun looking for truth and never find it until they encounter a Christian who knows that they are called to be living sacrifices. I told you, I'm joke-heavy, scripture light You've got your Bibles. Read the scriptures, guys. Come on, you can do it. So rather than being called that, I'm going to read it to you from the version I have. Your versions are all very reliable. I think... Connor's Amplified. Any Passion Translation people? Uh, you're not as brave as you were a year ago. The, the, the Amplified Bible, when Liesl has it in her hands, I think suits women. It just gives a lot more detail. Where, where this in Connor's hands are, it's just a multiple-choice Bible. No, it's not. I love the amplified. We've got loads of amplifiers, about seven amplifiers at home. all uses them until they're finished and I have to buy a new one and she starts again, the same process. Romans 12.1 Therefore, I urge, urge. You could stop there, just do that. I urge. Not ask, not it's urgency. It's powerful. It's like Ekbala, It's like the whole idea. It's it's urge you. Brothers, I'm urging you here. Sisters, I'm urging you here. Urging. Please pay attention. This is important for life and godliness. You need this, right? This is the verse that set me on the course of doing missionary work and becoming ultimately a leader of a church because I realized it was nothing more than my acceptable duty after Jesus saved me to do this. He saved me that I was enabled to do it because I was now filled with light and love and joy and peace that I didn't have for 25 or however many years in the world. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, who's received mercy from God? If you haven't, either you have a lying spirit or you don't know what mercy is yet, I'm joking. God's mercy, if you're breathing today, God's mercy is on you. If you're born again today, you've received God's mercy. We say they're fresh every day, but I'm talking about salvation-level mercy. Mercy to save you from the fire. Do you preach that there's an eternal hell? A lot of people have stopped that. It's not comfortable. What do you mean my friend's going to burn forever? No, well, you know, that's why you are there to tell him about Jesus. You don't have to argue with me. You tell your friend about Jesus, and he will get saved, and he won't burn forever. It's that simple. God gave you this duty. Not just those of us that get to be on the microphone, right? It's all of us. The microphone is to equip. The mouth is to bring them into the kingdom. Amen. So in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Just what Connor said earlier. You offer your body. It is holy. God made you holy. You are perfectly holy. Every lie you believe that tells you you're not holy is stopping you and resisting you from doing what you're called to do. It is a form of just lie that you must take off you. In fact, right now, we just thank you, Lord, for anyone that's believed a lie that they can't minister the gospel of grace. I take that lie off you. It's a curse that must be lifted now in the name of Jesus. I cast that lying spirit out of this house and out of this room in Jesus' name. Because the holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. I want to truly and properly worship God. I don't want to get this wrong. Get to heaven one day, crash land and scrape in through the back door somewhere. I want to arrive to trumpets. I know it's a bit egotistic, right? Trumpets and fanfare. But really, like it says in Revelation, I'm not sure how far you've got with that part. There's a white stone with my new name written on. I want Jesus to be able to tell me, there's your name, Dave. Or whatever I'll be called, Egbert or something else. (laughs) It's going to be an adjustment, but I'll be happy. I'll be there, (laughs) right? I hope this becomes holy laughter, not just comedy. Come on, guys. I like lightness. I like to be light because the word gets heavier. So you'll remember always the guy that was slightly funnier. Then you go, "Mm hmm. (laughs) So what is a living sacrifice? This is going to take long, guys. It is the laying down of your whole life before the throne of grace. It's jumping all in, holding nothing back, just like a lamb that is going to be sacrificed. The lamb doesn't get to choose which part of its body is going to be taken. No, no, you can take my horns. You can take a hoof. You can take it. It's all in, a living sacrifice, all of you sacrificed, lay down at the altar Of grace at the throne at the feet of Jesus your body is no longer yours you're a dead thing now raised up in life to go do what Jesus has taught us through the word to do if you do this if you become the caterpillar you can't go back to your I mean butterfly you can't go back to your caterpillar friends and hang out with them anymore what I mean by that is you can't be like them anymore Because you're always going to be different. You're always going to know that as you're talking to them, their souls are in danger of dying forever. Who would wake up in the middle of the night, see the neighbor's house starting to catch fire, and turn over and go back to sleep? Right? Who would see a car on the side of the road, caught lit, fire in it, babies, mom in it, dad in it, they're starting to burn, and you drive past It's not my problem. Would any of us do that? Well, our people all around us, guys, people everywhere you walk are in burning cars. They're in burning houses. They are dying. You can be a living sacrifice. You can walk out as a living stone. You can go there and reach them. Love them with the love of Jesus. Amen? I believe it's a prophetic now word for this church. That he's calling out of this church. When I say out of it, I mean from amongst us, not out of the church. Before you tell me later, oh, no, that's why I. Don't, I don't. No. <laughs> he's calling you from within this church for a specific purpose. God is consecrating Nazarite warriors, long haired ones, the experienced warriors of God who will run ahead of the tribe in their full color regalia, and they will go do battle with evil, and they will encourage and inspire you to do the same. That's why Connors, Liesel, Jess, everyone here, me, that's what we're there for, is to inspire and encourage you to follow after us into battle. That when your, your legs get a bit weak and it looks a bit scary, we're there to say, it doesn't matter, we've done this before, God will protect us. Run head first into the enemy and take the captives, amen? That's what we had to do. Are you guys emts? I'm fully emts. I'm ready to go out on the streets. We're not going to go out on the streets and start preaching to everyone. Your neighbors will probably hate us, but do you hear what I'm saying? That's the passion of the gospel. That's why Jesus came down, not just to teach us a bunch of clever letters and things. He came to get our hearts on fire, and I believe God wants your hearts on fire. And I don't want you sitting here looking at me thinking it's for the young ones. Mm-mm. Everyone is a living sacrifice. All of you are holy. You're perfect. It's your acceptable and true worship to do this. Whew. He's known as the Lord of the harvest. We, those that are consecrated to him to do this, we that lived, laid down our lives, this is the reason we do it. When we were in Sedeba, when we were up there, Liesl started getting... Hers was a slightly different verse. Mine's Romans 12.1. Hers was related to a message of dying to self. But can you see how they link? Both of them, you have to die, right? Pick up your cross daily, right? That's how it works. Die to self, pick up your cross daily and follow after Jesus. Am I right? Is that what the scripture says? We believe the scripture because it's true and from God, right? We are caught here. That's what Liesel started doing. All she did, she wasn't braver than you. She's probably more shy than most of them. I'm a very shy guy. I don't like being in public and talking in front of people. I'm a very introverted person. And if you believe that, I've got some land I'd like to sell you as well. <laughs> 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 but he uses all of our different personalities. And what happened? Lisa, <laughs> I don't have land. But I'll take the cash, but you can, I don't have land. It's imaginary land. Uh, Liesl just started reaching out to people, right? And you've been there, you know what it's like. You walk around, you meet people, and you see them. You look at them in their eyes and you see the pain they're in, whether it's physical pain or just the state that they're in. And you just talk to them. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? Wow, no one's spoken to me today. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. I don't want to hear about Jesus. I know you don't, but let me tell you in any case. And you just start. And most people, so far, I don't want to lie, Lee, I don't know if you've had any. I haven't had anyone that stopped me from talking to them, especially if they've got an injury, stopping from praying for them. What I have had is a lot of people, soon as you say, healed in Jesus' name, and they go, wow, the first question they ask us, what's your church? That's when we knew we had to build something. Because now we're just going as you go, in ministry. We're reaching people. Lisa would sometimes, I'm not trying to speak her up, it was just that was her journey, right? She would go into a spa, preach the gospel to someone, starting just with, why are you shivering? Oh, I'm cold. Okay, well, don't stand near the aircon. But no, they feel ill. Pray for them. And they start feeling better. They'll say, can you come preach to the rest of my people? she like, what do you mean? They'll come behind the counter. And Twenty people will join together. And she'll start praying. And then she's like, well, God, I don't know. I meant to pray for each one. And she's like, look, I don't have time. I've got to go. They've got to go. Jesus, I just pray for. All those that need Jesus. Boom, everyone gets saved. Well, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, please just I mean, and you're thinking, I don't know. This can't work. Please, Lord Jesus. Bang, and everyone's speaking in tongues. Why? Because there's an urgency. We preach the gospel in season and out. Regardless of what happens or doesn't happen, we keep because you're a living sacrifice. If you are dead, how can you be offended? There's no one anywhere under a tomb, under a tombstone, in a grave, that's offended by anything I'm going to say. And if you're as dead as a brick, you should be impossible to be offended by anything. So if someone's insulting you, what does that matter? What do you care? I'm as dead as a brick. I'm just dead inside. <laughs> it's been a tough. night. not dead inside. What I'm saying is that there's no ground left for offense in your life. Yes. If he doesn't like you, that's tough. They didn't like Jesus. If they reject you, they rejected Jesus. If they don't like you, they didn't like Jesus. If they don't want to listen to you, they didn't listen to Jesus. But you will listen to Jesus. Because yes. you're called to be a holy nation. A people who will broadcast the message of salvation everywhere around the world. Amen? Why did I have notes? I'm not even using them. I hope so. I'm bivocational. I felt that was important to mention, is it? To kind of do that. Bivocational doesn't mean this is a new system of church that you can talk to your pastor about. It is a grace on this time and place for this purpose. It is not a new model to come talk to Grant and... Connor about and suggested that that would be dishonouring. What this is is, I was there working. To be there working, I need to keep working, or I don't have a permit. If I don't have a permit, I can't be there, so I have to keep working. Simple. That's life. That's how it works. Likewise, if I got paid by the church, I need another permit, and they won't give that permit out too quickly. So there's practical reasons, but there's something different to it as well. The limitation you've placed in your mind about what a minister is, is based upon the five-fold full-time minister. And there's a place and a role for that. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Because they are that, they are able to come up to there and help us. Because we don't have the same time, but we do have enough time. If you're at school, you've got enough time. If you're working a day... I, I work a pretty tough job, all right? I have coffee four, five, six times an hour. It's hard work. (laughs) It's a good job. I didn't pay for it. It's all instant. But if you hear what I'm saying, I'm bivocational. Everything I do with the church is the same way that we serve in church, voluntarily, from the heart, because we love God, because we are what? Living sacrifices. They are also living sacrifices, but they run 247. I'm on in the hours between five and I'm, not, I'm on altar. <laughs> so don't call me after. <laughs> don't call me. Do you hear what I'm saying? You are all working or doing something. And in the something that you're doing, you can still do yeah. The gospel message, you can still be a living sacrifice. In your workplace, you can be a living sacrifice. You can still serve in church, not tell the pastor, oh, I'm so tired, I worked all week. Yes, I did too, and I'll preach a message on the morning and in the evening if I need to, because that's the fire of God in us. Because we love Jesus so much, we love his people. Our brothers and sisters are not yet born again so much that we will take away the tiredness. Paul says "I labor unto weariness. Amen. Have you labored for the gospel unto weariness? I can say I have. To the point of exhaustion. Not because I'm special, just because I've got two jobs. <laughs> so it's hard, right? I want to take that excuse, that limitation off you now. I don't want you to believe a lie. It can look like radical, drop everything and go into the ministry. It can look like that. But there's such a broader context. The majority of all Christians will have jobs. That's why Paul said if a person refuses because of laziness to, to get a job or try to get a job, don't even give them food. Yeah. Right? So this isn't about that. Yeah. This isn't touching any issue. like This is just saying most of you will have a job of some form. Diesel's got a job. Looking after the children is a job. Yeah. It's a busy job. She sings as well. She ministers pretty much 24-7 during the week to everyone. She has all the meetings, does all the pastoral work. She does all of that. Plus, she preaches and leads worship almost every Sunday, right? Plus, every night she's online and we counsel people. Our marriage counseling is eight weeks of counseling, right? It's not an excuse. You don't have one. I, I don't believe your excuse. If I'm as tired as I am at times from doing this and you're still smiling, you're not as tired as you think you are. You need to just rise up in that anointing, because God has called you. He is calling you. You know you called, my friend. You know you called, but you're going to go out, and you're going to preach this gospel as a living sacrifice. You're not going to be offended. You're not going to put up lies and excuses. You're going to pursue these things of God. I'm already after 11. Do you know this? are looking at me. Gosh, now I'm going to have to speed up. So, I believe in a prophecy over this generation. This congregation is going to mark this world in a new and peculiar way. You're a peculiar people. I can see it. A peculiar people who will leave a peculiar mark on history. In 1 Peter 2 5 and 9, it says, and it speaks to me of this beautiful calling and grace on you, on this congregation. This is for you. Whew. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9, you're a chosen generation. Can you say, I'm a chosen generation? I'm a chosen generation. Believe it, you chosen. It's not just historical. This is a now word. This is an urge you to take this and believe it, that you are this generation. Amen. A royal priesthood. You are a royal priest, guys. Stop living below your calling. You are. A peculiar people, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. That means you've got light in you. You are the light in the darkness that other people need. You are the light. The light shines into you and through you. Amen. Amen. The light of God is what the world's looking for. The truth, the love of God. Guys, that's you. Not him and her, me, and a few people that you think are the right. It's all of you. Not one of you is excluded from this calling. You are a royal priesthood. Amen. As priests, what do we do? We bring a sacrifice. And where does the fire fall? On sacrifice. So, You are the priest and you the sacrifice. So you go lay yourself on the altar and the fire falls on that altar, and you walk out a man on fire, a burning man, to take the gospel of the good news of Jesus to the streets, amen? Come on, that's what you're called to do. Any of you think, no, I'm just called to admin? No, that's over, that's gone, I I just make the coffee at you. No, you do make the coffee, but there's so much more besides, right? I want you to be excited, guys, I'm so excited. This is the church. This is the house of hope for the world. This house is a house of hope for the world. You will rise up. Like it says in John 1.4, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Can you imagine it? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness never overcame it. The darkness never overcame it. No matter how dark you make dark, the littlest... Ooh, COVID. The littlest... (laughs) Dear God, I hope that's anointed spit. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel bad. Wait, let me take a big step and see what happens. <laughs> these guest preachers go long, eh, Connor? because you've got to stop these guys. Wow, where was I? <laughs> it's just a house of life. A house of life. Uh, <laughs> anointed <spit. laughs> So guys, let's Let's do everything without grumbling and complaining. So we may be blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then, when you shine, your shining will be so bright that they will be drawn like moths to the flame. That's why they are so dark that your brightness shines ever brighter. Don't say, oh, the world's getting worse. Yeah, of course it is, because you're watching TV. You're not out preaching to people. You're not SMSing people. The reason God handed the world over to us was for us to go do that. And we're sitting in our buildings praying, send someone, God. Oh, yeah. That song, send me, I always say, send Lee. Yeah. <laughs> do you hear? The world won't change until we change. Yeah until we transform into the the butterfly God called us to be and go out there fluttering around and landing on people and taking light and life to them, amen? John was a burning and shining light, preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand or has come. I'm telling you, you're a generation with the same anointing, the same call, the prophetic voice for you is that you will guide and preach them, repent, For the kingdom is here. You are an end time bride. You're in the last of the last days. You are the people that will be helping Jesus with the harvest. We are the passionate ones, the burning ones, the Nazarites, the long haired ones, the consecrated ones. We are the ones that will bring victory to earth. We have to rise up to do this. We can no longer stand back and say let someone else go. It's up to us. You, me, all of us. You've all got gifting. You've all got ability, but ultimately you just need to be a living sacrifice. A lot of sacred cows being killed, a lot of traditions of men that I'm stomping on maybe. Maybe you've got some fun memories of how life used to be before this preach. Well, you know, you can Instagram them. Because you can't be the same afterwards, guys. There's no point. No point in expending this energy and time and effort if it doesn't change you. This is the Word of God for you. This is the prophetic Word over you. It's what you're called to do. Amen. It's what we're all called to do. Amen. This is fun. It's an easy church to preach to, Con. Yeah, yeah. During a nation's darkest times, in Botswana and here, it is you guys that are the light bearers. Rise up. Rise up and shine. I'm going to skip ahead at a whole nother. <sighs> at our church, we use the word... Kinako, I think you use it down here for adverts as well. It is time. I have this urgency in my spirit to tell you it's now. You call to raise up now. Not tomorrow, not when you finish downloading that game you wanted to play but shouldn't, or that movie that you've been wanting to watch but no, really, you shouldn't be watching it. Right? That's not what you wait for. The Spirit of God is upon you now to change you now. God wants you to change now. Amen. Come out of that silly little chrysalis shell that you've been in. Come out of it, all of you. This is the season. Amen. Amen. So this is my landing. It's approach one on the conclusion and I'll, I'll speed it up. Jesus looks at us and He sees our works. You would have come across that in the book of Revelation that He looks at us and He sees our works. He says it to a few of the churches. But when He looks here at this church, He's going to see Burning and shining lamps. Lamps of his holy fire burning because God provided the fire. And the shining is because we will not hide our radiance from the world. Don't. You can't. We are not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. A Jesus freak. Amen. I'm not ashamed. That's me. And I want you to be like that, too. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to read a prophetic word over you, and then I'm going to end with a paraphrase of about seven different verses, and that will be me ending. I will conclude there. Uh, we had some stuff about new wine. I'll see if there's time. but I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, not because it's super spiritual, not because it's going to make it more powerful, but because you need to Focus. If you don't close your eyes, it's fine. I don't mind. It doesn't bother me even slightly. But if I'm spitting on you when I'm talking, it's going to be your problem. And you're going to see it, and I'm going to feel bad, but it's going to happen, right? So I'm going to read this over you with your permission. It's from the Bible. It's it's mostly good. Arise. This generation, this congregation, you that I'm under the sound of my voice now, you, this is your message. I give it with urgency to you now. I speak it forth under the mantle of the power and authority of God for this. This is not playing games. It says in Isaiah 60, congregation, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, guys, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. In the name of Jesus, our zeal for the lost should consume you like His love fulfills you. It is Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly because we are convinced He has given His all for us. That means when we died with Him, we give our all to Him. So that it's no longer living self-absorbed lives, worshipping at the altar of our flesh, in sin and immorality, looking at the God of self, but lives that are poured out for Him like a drink offering, The one who died for us now lives again through us. Our lives poured out for him like priests bringing an offering of themselves as living sacrifices because Jesus made us pure and holy and acceptable as sacrifices through his sacrifice. You are a chosen treasure, priests who are called kings, a spiritual congregation set apart as God's devoted one. He called you out of darkness to experience His marvelous light, and now He claims you as His very own. He did this so that you would broadcast His glorious message to the whole world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.